0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen. Your life will be transformed and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Knocking at the door. Praise the Lord. Before we go on, I want to welcome those who are joining us online. Our prayer this morning is that God will bless you. The God who is not hampered by distance or time will do the same work of mercy, the same work of miracle that is going to do here today in each and every life of you in Jesus' name. And I'm led by the Spirit to bless the true worshippers. God bless you all. May God continue to increase you and take you higher in his work in the kingdom in Jesus name. Amen. Praise the Lord. We shall be continuing with uh the series Jesus is. Uh the last three weeks of course that's the series we've been looking at in this month of July. And um just as a short recap in the last uh, three weeks um the first week the very first one that we looked at we said Jesus is the one. Jesus is the one. And, uh, that meant we said the very center and the purpose of the church is Jesus. Jesus is the one that holds it together. The whole history of mankind itself revolves around Jesus. That's why the dates are named. They said BC before Christ. And now we are in AD. That is after the death of Christ. So everything revolves around Jesus. And sometimes I say to myself, somebody should then s- ask themselves, uh, uh-uh, uh, if everything else revolves around this Jesus, why am I not following this Jesus? Why don't I seek to know him? Because the, the, the dates are not numbered any other way. A-D. I should seek to know why, why, why this particular person? Why? So basically, Jesus is the center of it all. So regardless of the nature of your quest in life, Jesus is the one. Jesus is the one. And the second week, we looked at Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. We said basically that means Jesus is the A to Z. A to Z. And um, we were told that he is the only alphabet that you need to reach God. I mean, if Jesus is A to Z, there's no other alphabet that you and I know. So, every other thing in between the B's, the D, the F, the H, the K, and L, they are all Jesus, about Jesus. So is everything in between. And uh, last week we looked at Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And we said, if Jesus is the answer, what is the question? What there has to be a question before you give an answer. So life is a question. That's what we we're told last week. Life is a question. So, Jesus came to the world to be the answer to life's questions. Any question you can have, you'll find the answer in Jesus. If you only care to look. Praise the Lord. So, that's what what we talked about the past three weeks. And uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit, this morning, we will be looking at Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light. And for Bible passage, we shall be looking at the book of John chapter 1. John chapter 1, we'll read from verses 1 to 9, reading from the New Living Translation. Jesus is the light. The book of John 1, chapter 1, verse 1 to 9. I read, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. He created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Praise the Lord. This is the beginning of John the Baptist's ministry. Remember John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin just a couple of months older than him. But he, was, he had been given a mandate. And John, when, they, when people went to ask him, after all the things they heard he was doing, who are you? Who are you? Are you that person? Are you the Messiah?" He said, no, I'm not. I'm just a messenger. I brought a message. And that message is listed here. It says, John said, I came to tell about the light. They sent me, they, they messaged me as they will say in my husband's people's place, they messaged me. He said, I came with a message to tell you about the light, to tell you to be a witness for that light says, I am a witness. When you say you're a witness, it means that you know about something. John said, that's what I came for to witness about the light, to talk about the true light, to tell you about the true light. Which means John at that time knew that not every light was real. To tell everyone, who, to tell about the one who gives light to everyone. He say when this person comes, he will give light to everybody. He's very generous. He will not hold the light. He will give it to everybody. To tell them that this light Nkaw, is coming to the world. That light, that one, that true light... The one who is coming to share light to everybody is coming to the world. Shikena, that was all that John the Baptist was sent to do. He did not come to say, I came to save the world. Or I came to do this or that. I came to point you to God. He said, no, I've come to point you to the light. The light is coming to the world. Praise the Lord. That's what John came to do. And that was his mandate. So he introduced Jesus as the light by passing that message on. Now, after Jesus himself was born, you know, as a little baby, based on the custom of the Jews, if that child is male, your first child, the first child of a woman is a male child, he has to be dedicated to the Lord. That was the custom. And after birth, the woman goes through a period where they call the period of purification. And after she's gone through that, They bring the baby to the temple for dedication. Pretty much what we do here. But they had their own time based on their custom. And they had to um, sacrifice uh, uh, two doves, two turtle doves and something. You know, at that time, that was the practice. And Jesus' parents did exactly that. Joseph and Mary. They brought baby Jesus to the temple. And we see in Luke 2, towards the end of it, Luke chapter 2, it said, they, they, they brought the baby to the temple, they offered the sacrifice required by the law, which was either a pair of turtle doves or, or two young pigeons. That is, uh, depending on how rich you were, you know. If you were um middle class, you could do this. If you were a poor person, you could do this. But the intent of the law had to be met. You had to do the sacrifice. So they came. They brought Jesus. And when they brought Jesus, the Bible says, at that time, there was a very righteous man. The Bible describes it as righteous and devout. That is righteous and dedicated to God. In fact, he had been so dedicated that all he was doing was waiting for the Messiah. This God, this Messiah that had been promised to come. And he's been praying, staying in the temple. And the Holy Spirit had promised him, because of who you are, because of the way you are, you will not see death until that Messiah comes. That was what the promise. So he was waiting. And then that day he happened to come into the temple. <coughs> Excuse me. And as he walked into the temple, baby Jesus was being dedicated. And he took a look at the child. He took the child in his arms. And in verse 32, the, I, said, I back up from verse 30, 28. It says, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. And verse 32, he says, He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Praise the Lord. That was the prophet Simeon talking about a little baby he was carrying in his hands. First and foremost, he said, Lord, now I am ready to come home to you. Because what you promised me has been fulfilled. And then he said to the hearing of everybody, this child, this Jesus that has been dedicated today, he is going to be a light to reveal God to the nations. Praise the Lord. This is the child that is going to make people to see, to turn back to God. Because already, you know, there was a divide between God and man, because of our sins. And God had been looking for a way to reconcile man to me. What he was saying here is, he is the one that is going to reveal God. They don't know this God yet. They are walking in darkness. They don't know. They need to know. This child will reveal to them who God is. Praise the Lord. And so that was it. So at the birth, even at birth, at his dedication, Jesus was already revealed as the light. Praise God. And then when Jesus started his ministry, he himself confirmed that he is the light of the world. Let's look at John chapter 8, verse 12. John 8, 12. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. John 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Praise the Lord. Jesus now started his ministry. And he confirmed what has been said about him, he said, "I am the light of the world." He confirmed the message of John the Baptist. He confirmed the prophecy of Simeon the prophet. He says, "I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Praise the Lord. He says, I am the light of the world. He didn't mean what? He didn't say, I am one of the lights of the world. No. He says, I am the light. You have to know who you are. You know, they say confidence. When you have confidence in what you're talking about, it's like a skilled person who knows his trade. You know, he won't be bashful about saying, I know what I'm doing here. He'll go ahead and do it. That's what Jesus said. He says, I am the light of the world. With all the confidence, he knew who he was because that's what he had been sent to do, to reveal God to the nations. Praise God. It says, I'm the light of the world. And of course, this was already mentioned in Psalm 36, verse 9, even in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, this psalmist himself had said, For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. In thy light shall we see light. Praise the Lord. In the light of God, that's where your light is. How do you see light? It's only by the light that Jesus that is reflected from Jesus on you. By yourself, you don't have any light except you have Christ in you. It is his light that reflects on you. So we can only shine to the extent of the light that Jesus shines on us. Praise the Lord. And so we know. We look as it says, there is no light. There's no light without Jesus. Jesus is that primary light. All other lights around us are secondary. All other lights around us are secondary. Those who believe in him, he says, they will catch the light. Those who believe in him, they catch that light. And he says, when you have my light in you, you are now children of God. Because I am the light. I am the light. And the Son of God, I brought light to you. When you believe in me, you will catch that light. And you will become children of light. Praise the Lord. So basically it now says, "You, who believe in me, you my believers, you are now the light of the world." as in Matthew 5:14 to16 tells us so. Matthew 5:14 to16. Matthew 5:14 to16. Matthew 5:14 to 16 says you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Praise the Lord. What's the purpose of the light? The light is to shine, to make people see people in the house. What's the point? Taking a lamp, you light it, there's light. And now you take it, put it down and carry a bucket and cover it. Of what use is that light? It's useless. But it says, as a believer, those of you who believe in me, you have now become the light of the world. And he says, because you have now become the light of the world, I want you to go out and shine. I want you to go out and let people see that light. Because you are reflecting my light. I am the light of the world. You are reflecting my light. So that light is shining on you. You need to go out and let people see that light and know and ask, what is this light that you carry? What is this that you have? Because you have to be different and you will be different in Jesus' name. When that light in you, the light of Christ begins to shine, you will not be the same again. People will see you and know that there's a difference. There's something about this person. We had an incident once where somebody was having problems with her goods at the port and her her, her friends who also had goods at the port were going to pay uh, bribery, pay to pay money to customs and so on. And she, and she wasn't going and then the next thing they called her madam, come and carry your goods. Oh, come, come, come. She went and her friends turned around and asked her, what did you do? And she said, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. And then the lady said, he said, "Hmm, you know, Creole, they use uh, for Christians. He says, you, this Christian self, there was something about her. She didn't have to compromise the light of Christ. The light of Christ around her stood for her. That's what the light does for you. Because you don't practice the works of darkness. The light must shine for you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, when you become the light of the world, you say, okay, you have now become the light of the world. You, my, you believe in me, you become the light of the world. But that's your light, you cannot put it, you can't keep it inside your house just for yourself. And so, Jesus says, I want to send you out with that light. Acts thirteen forty-seven. Acts chapter thirteen verse forty seven. Acts thirteen forty-seven, Jesus in return tells them that they need to go out. Sends them out. Sends them out. Acts thirteen, verse forty-seven. It says For the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles. To bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth, praise the Lord. That's the mandate. When you now catch the light, as a believer, you become a child of God, you carry the light. Now you have your own mandate. You have to go out with that light to the farthest corners of the earth. You have to go out to the darkest parts of the earth. So that's where your light will shine the brightest. That's why people will see you and know that there is something. You know, I ask myself, why did Jesus say, go out as a light? He didn't say, I am appointing you as a voice to the Gentiles. Uh, Well, because if you, if you are someone who doesn't speak loudly or you are a lady, you know, that kind of nice sweet voice, people may not hear you. Or if you are loud and brash, you may frighten your audience. But he said, I'm sending you out as a light, you know, because light by its very nature, it's, it illuminates. Light shines. You, you, you don't need to announce light when it's there. You will see it. You will see it. Unless, of course, you are in my part of the country where, um, after a power outage, you know, somebody will call you, come and knock, uh, light has come they have to tell you so that you can come and put off your noisy generator and they can have peace. That's what happens. That's the only time they have to announce that there is light. Otherwise, you will see it. You don't need a voice to tell you that there's light. Your brain cells will register that something different is here. It's like this entire room being in darkness. And then someone with a little phone that has a touchlight puts it on. Something tells you that something else is here. Something has happened. And that's how we are expected to be. We should be that um, different something that people will see. That light in us should make us different. Jesus, the light, has come to make the difference. And now we, believers, as the light of the world, should be the difference. You should be the light that shows up in a bleak situation and people say, ah, something has come here, something has arrived. A different solution, a solution has come. A solution to this darkness is here. A solution to this bleakness is here. That is what Jesus has called us to be. And that is what we will be by the grace of God. That's what we have to be. And so we look at our lives and we say, my light is not for me to keep in my house. The light that Jesus has shared with me is not for me to keep and hold on to myself. It's for me also to share with others. That is why it says, I'm sending to the farthest corners of the earth. That means to everybody, wherever you can go, take that light that Jesus has given you. Jesus has given you the light. Jesus is the light. Now you, the believer, you are the light. And so other people must also share in that light. Praise the Lord. So that's the mandate we've been given. And God will help us to fulfill that mandate in Jesus' name. Now some things happen when... The, we have the light of Christ in us. The light shows the way. The light shows the way. That's why Jesus said in that in that um, uh, verse, uh, John eight twelve. It says, "I've come." to show you the way. He says, I want, to, I want to show you the way so that you will not have to walk in darkness. I am the light that is showing you the way so that you don't have to practice the works of darkness. There is nothing in it. Those who walk in darkness grope. They've used their hands to feel their way. They cannot see. I have come as your light to make you see, to know where you are going to. So light shows the way. Next thing, light brightens. Light shines. I said that is nature. Light must shine. That's the way it is. There's no other way. Light shines. As we say in Psalm 112 verse 4. Psalm 112 verse 4. It says, the B part says, light shines in the darkness for the godly. No matter where that situation, what that situation is. Jesus, the light is with you there. His light is shining in that situation for you. You are not alone. It's never totally bleak, no matter what it is. Jesus, the light, is there. He brightens. It shines. No matter how dark the situation is. Light gives life. Light gives life. In that verse, John eight twelve, the same thing as John 1, verse 4. John 1, verse 4, it talks about life. He said he came, he brought life. Jesus says, I am come, I'm the way, to show you the way forward. To show the way forward so that you, he says, because you have the light that leads to life. So, light leads to life. life gives, light gives life. You know, when we were in, in primary school, uh, when we were practicing, they call it, a, I don't know whether they do it again, nature study in, in the um, old school days. We did nature study. We, they asked us to bring uh, grains of beans from the house. We were very small, and those things excited us a lot. And they asked you to bring a tin of uh, milk. In those days, it was only pig um, milk or carnation, small, small things. And we're very excited. We go, we put the soil, we put the the bean uh, grain, the bean seed in it. And then, of course, as children, we'll be going everywhere every time to check it out, whether it's coming to life. And they ask us to leave it out in the open. What do you have in the open? Light. If you put it under your bed, or somebody puts a bucket over it, your bean will still be there. Nothing would have happened to it. Because that light will bring life. The next thing we see it coming up. And we are so excited. Although we never grew it to the point where we'll harvest the beans to eat. But at least it excited us. Because, you know, the light is what brought the life of the beans. It's what made the um, seed to sprout. So, in the same way, light gives life. In you, once there is light in it, you are bound to grow. You can never remain stagnant. And you will not remain stagnant in Jesus' name. And then, of course, light overcomes darkness. John 1, 5. John 1, 5, Light overcomes darkness. John 1, 5, it says, The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. The darkness can never extinguish it. That's what the Bible says. The light is so powerful. Once it shows up, darkness must run. Darkness has no space. Once light shows up, darkness must run. And it reminds me, it says, so while you remain in the light, darkness can never overtake you. Simple. Stay in the light. Darkness will have no space around you. Praise the Lord. And the fifth point, light makes you invisible to your enemies. Ask the children of Israel. Light makes you invisible to your enemies. If you look at the story of the escape of the children of Israel from uh, from Egypt, in Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14, it talks about the God being a pillar of cloud, that there was a pillar of cloud guarding them, going ahead of them, leading the way, and at night, it would become a pillar of fire. And when they got to the Red Sea, it said that that pillar of of cloud became a light. It says it became a light for them. And that light helped the children of Israel, because if you read it, it says that The, the waters, the, the, the Red Sea parted and the land became dry and the children of Israel, they passed through the says all night because there were many and they kept going through, they kept going through all night. Now, how did they find their way? How did they see their way? Because of the light. So they could see, but that same light is talked about. It says the Egyptians could not come near them. They could not see. So, the light, Jesus, the light that shields you and surrounds you, makes you invisible to your enemies. The same light, the same light, no different. A light becomes a path for you to walk on. You can see clearly where you are going, you can determine what you want to do. But that light becomes darkness, it blinds them, they cannot see. They can't see you. They can't see your progress. They can't see all the good that is coming to you. Why? Because God has chosen to blind them by that light that is surrounding you. They'll be asking, Where, 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 where is He? How is He? What is He doing? They don't know. And you are right there. You are right there because you are surrounded by the light. Just the same way that the commander of heaven's armies became a light for the children of Israel to see. And that same light became darkness for the children of, uh, um, for the Egyptians, so shall it be for every enemy that is pursuing you. You will continually see your way because the light is leading you. And that light will become a blinding light and will blind your enemies in the mighty name of Jesus. So that was the story of the Egyptians, you know. And I looked at it and I said, hmm, this light, I think I'd rather have it leading me than for it to blind me. That's the preference. Praise the Lord. And then we go on to see John saying that Jesus is the true light. He said the true light. Why did he say true light? Because there are false lights. There are false lights. First John two eight says the true light is already shining. Don't look for another light. The true light is here and it is shining already. First John 2, verse 8. It is here for you. You don't have to seek another light. Yes, there are fake lights. That's why even John had to, to, to describe it, to qualify it. He says the true light. The true light. There are fake lights. The Bible says that even Satan disguises itself as an angel of light. There are many pretenders. People pointing you, saying that, "Come to me, we are the light. I'm the light. I'm the light." It says no, and that's why the Bible wants us. It says, "Make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure, confirm that what you are following is the real light." We'll see this in in um, Luke 11:35. Luke 11:35. I want us to read it to know that there is a warning. There is a warning. Luke 11:35. Luke eleven thirty five, it says, "Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness." Isn't that awesome? You have the light. What kind of light? Is it the true light? Is it a fake light? Every fake light is a form of darkness. Period. If it's not the truth, then it is fake. There are no half measures. And the Bible says, make sure that the light you have is not actually darkness. That you have light is not a fake light. Because a fake light is darkness by itself. So we are admonished. We need to be careful. Who are you following? Whose light are you following? Which light are you running after? Is that the true light? Can you really say it is the true light? Because you see, the evidence is very clear. When it's a fake light, you will have doubts in your mind. The Holy Spirit will be telling you, this is not that light. This is not the true light. And you know it. And there are works of those fake lights that will be glaring. You cannot afford to, to ignore it. That's why it says, make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. Praise the Lord. May God give us that discerning spirit that we need. To run away from every fake light. To run away from every fake light parading itself. Or every form of darkness parading itself as light in the name of Jesus. The only true light that we need. That is Jesus, the light. The one who can banish darkness permanently. Jesus is that light. And why is, is there a description? Why is that so? Why do we need to know? Why is, there, is it important for us to know that that there could be fake lights. Because it says the the world loves darkness. It says men prefer, they'd rather have darkness than light because their deeds are evil. It's simple. When it says men, it means the world. I mean, you see things happen and you know that this thing is wrong. Then you see somebody actually come out and tries to justify it. Somebody is trying seriously to tell you this is the right thing. Just as people are talking about um, child marriage and age, and I'm asking myself, why should this even be a debate in the first place? Is it so difficult to understand that this cannot be right? But that is the way of the world. Those in darkness will always want to justify what they do. And they love that darkness because their deeds are evil. That's what the Bible tells us. So we have to be careful. Their preference is for darkness. Their preference is for evil. And it says everyone that loves evil will not like the light. Because when light comes, light does what? It makes everything open, bare. You can't miss it will be there. So they have to hide in that darkness so they can perpetrate their evil. But I know that da- light and darkness cannot coexist. nuh No? Light and darkness cannot coexist. Even at creation, we see this play out. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, the very beginning of everything, of creation itself. It says, it says, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter 1, it says, God created the heavens and the earth. Yes, he created the heavens and the earth. And then, he went on to say, in, chapter, in verse 2, it says, the earth was formless and empty and darkness who covered the deep waters. He created the heavens and the earth. The creator of all things. He made the heavens, he made the earth. But he said the earth. No form, no order, no organization. And on top of it, there was darkness. And he was also saying, he says, And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. God was checking things out. Why is it in this form? what can be done? We've created everything, everything is here, but something is missing. Something is not right yet. And it looks like, you know, God must have said, okay, you know, after doing the assessment, what is wrong here? You know, sometimes we look at things, we say, hmm, this doesn't look right. And if it doesn't look right, it's not right. God looked at it and said, something needs to be done. How can we fix this? It's okay. I think the first thing I'm going to do is let's bring order here first. And so in verse three, God says, then God said, let there be light and there was light. Praise the Lord. Let there be light and there was light. Verse four says, and God saw the light that it was good. God saw the light that it was good. Praise the Lord. Remember, before there was darkness, did God say it was good? No, he did not. That's why his spirit was hovering and saying, mm, what's going on here? Mm, something is not right. And then he said, let there be light. Then one was light. Like, aha, this is good. This is better. So the very first thing that God did to bring order was to call forth light. Praise the Lord. God called forth light. And there, the beginning of order started. If you read on in that, in that, in that same chapter, you, saw this, you see that after God created light and said he was good, he started to create other things. He created the sky, he put the birds there, he created the waters, he put the fish, he put this, he put that, he put vegetation. Just because order has been put first, light had come, praise the Lord. Now, what does this tell us? the very first priority in our lives in dealing with any situation is to embrace the true light. Jesus, the light. So in that situation that you are in, that is formless, that is empty, that is dark, what you need is to bring Jesus the light. And if you have Jesus, the light, as your foundation, you know, if you, if you begin by putting Jesus first, Jesus as the light, you invite him into that situation, it will save you a lot of headache. It will save you from, you know, wandering around, starting again. It will save you from, from you know, you will avoid wasting time, wasting resources. You, 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 you will begin to see that things will fall into place. That light of Jesus in you will make everything bright, will illuminate that situation that you don't understand, it will illuminate your business so that you'll then see, okay, this is how I'm going to do it, this is how I'm going to you you'll then avoid wasting time. You'll avoid avoid beginning again, you avoid groping in darkness, you'll avoid frustration. Praise the Lord. It could be in your marriage, it could be in your career. Make Jesus the light the foundation let him illuminate that career and you begin to see the things that you need to do. It's not about wanting promotion. What do you need to do to get that promotion? Do you need to study? Do you need to, to, uh, to, uh, to elevate your educational qualification? Do you need to attend courses? Do you need to go online and learn some other things that will take you there? Unless Jesus is there, you'll be grumbling like other people. They have not promoted me. I've been here for five years. Nobody's, from that girl that came two years ago, the Prometa, do you know what they are doing? You are sitting and grumbling. Praise the Lord. That is what the light does. The light saves us from unnecessary groping, wasting time. So it is important. You know, if God, the maker of all things, decided that the first thing he needs to do was to bring light, to bring order into it, we ought to be doing the same too. We ought to be looking at it from that perspective that let me use Jesus. Let me have Jesus, the light, as my foundation. And every other thing is going to fall into place. I will begin to see things clearly. I'll begin to know what to do. I'll begin to know how to do. Even my relationship with God will be better. Praise God. So you get it right the first time and save yourself a lot of grief. Now, Jesus is the light. He's told everyone. He says, And you who believe in me, you are also the light. You go into the world, let your light shine. Let people see that. I brought my own light. You saw my light. I've given you that light because you believe in me. Let other people see your light so they can also believe in me. Jesus was pleading. He was talking to the Jews in those days, he was begging them. Please, I am the light. You need me. You need me. You need to me. You literally pleading with them. As we see in John 12, that same John 12. It is good. It's a good, I think it's a good chapter for you to read when you get home. John 12, we see it towards the end of that chapter, verse 35 and 36. Jesus pleading with the Jews. He says in verse 35, my light will shine for you just a little longer. Walk in the light while you can. So the darkness will not overtake you. Those who walk in the darkness cannot see where they are going. And in verse 36 it says, put your trust in the light while there is still time. Then you will become children of the light. Praise the Lord. Jesus was pleading with the Jews. He says, I'm the light. Come walk in me, come out of that darkness, I'm the one that you need because you see, people who are walking in darkness, they can never find their way, they'll keep going round and round feeling with their hands, but they're not going anywhere, they will make progress, he said come to me, put your trust in me, you'll become children of light, he was begging them, he was pleading with them and that pleading has not stopped today, Jesus is still pleading with us he says if you don't, come to me come to me I am the light. I am the true light. I am the light that you need. Come to me. So the difference, the pleading has not changed. The call, the invitation has not changed. God is calling us today. He says, come. Come to me. I am the light. Come. You believe in me, you have the light. And yet your light will shine. You take it down to the farthest corners of the earth. That your light will make the difference. in Not your, only in your life, but in the lives of others who come across you. You know, it's God, Jesus said, I, I, I didn't come. I didn't come here to fight anybody. I didn't come to quarrel. I did not come to judge. I did not come to condemn. I came as a light. I came to show you the way to go to God. I came to show you the way so that you will not walk in darkness. So that you will see. Because those who are in darkness cannot see. He says, I did not come to judge. But then, then. He says in verse 40 um, verse 45 if we go down to verse 40, 40, 47 I'll start from verse he says I will not judge those who hear me but, but don't obey me for I have come to save the world and not to judge it he says I came, to ju- I came to save not to judge but however he says but everyone says but. but but yes but in verse 48 it says but all who reject me And my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I have spoken. Praise God. Jesus, the light says, I came to give you light. I came to point the way to my father. I did not come to judge. All who believe in me, they will have the light. He said, but if you don't, then Jesus, the light, will become the judge on that last day. And it says, uh, th- this is a time bound thing, a bound, time bound invitation. Say, says, now is the time. While you can, while you can. Nobody knows tomorrow. No one has control of tomorrow except the most high God. He says, while you can, embrace me the light. I am the light. I am the one you need. Because say, while you can. Because if you don't, come tomorrow, I will be the judge. Jesus, the light, will be sitting in judgment and saying, you heard, you heard that message. I was pointed to you as the light. You were given the opportunity to embrace me as the light, but you rejected me, and he will pass his judgment. Is that a fair thing? It is a fair thing. Praise the Lord. So it is our call today. Your call, my call. Embrace the light, or we will have him, rather, Jesus the light judge us on that day. Shall we bow our heads at this time? With our eyes closed? I want to give an opportunity to us. Say, I'm tired of walking in darkness. I'm tired of groping and not going anywhere. I want Jesus, Jesus the light, to give be my light, to be my life. And if that is your call, if that is your desire today, I want you, while all eyes are closed and all heads bowed, please, raise your hand where you are seated. I'm not going to call anybody forward and I don't want to embarrass anyone. Just raise your hand says I want Jesus, Jesus the light, to be my Lord, to be my Savior today because that's what he has to be for that light to be in you. While we're seated, just raise your hand. Don't worry about anybody. Yes, I see that hand upstairs on the gallery. God bless you. I see that hand. Just raise your hand where you are seated. Praise the Lord. God bless you, my brother, my sister. God bless you. Yes, I see that hand. Jesus is the center of it all. He says, Come to me while you can. It's not my desire to judge anyone. Yes, I see that hand. Raise it above your head so they can see you. I see that hand, my sister. God bless you. God bless you. Jesus, he says, I did not come to judge, I did not come to condemn. I came to point you to God, I came to point the way to God, to be the light that will shine for you. You want jesus to be that shield that light around you through which nothing negative can ever penetrate i see that hand right there yes there's a hand over there god bless you god bless you as you receive the card you can put down your hand god bless you my brother that is jesus calling today it's a simple invitation i see that hand god bless you god bless you see jesus says he says those who the books, the word of God says, those who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Yes, there is a great light. I see that hand, my brother. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. Raise your hand. Don't worry about who is next to you. This is your own life. This is your life. It says, Jesus, the light brings life. You want your life to be what it should be? You're tired of groping in darkness. This is your opportunity. Jesus is inviting you. Come to me, the light. Come to me, the true light. I am the true light. Come to me, the true light. Raise your hand. Don't worry about the person beside you. It is all about you. It's all about you and Jesus. It's all about the invitation he's given. He says he didn't come to condemn you. He does not want to judge you. But he will if you reject him. And this is the day for you to accept him. And so, Father, we want to thank you. Thank you, Lord, for these ones whose lives, Lord. These lives that you have brought into your kingdom. We appreciate you, O Lord Almighty. We thank you for what you've done. And we appreciate that which you have done in their lives, O God. Father, let this be the beginning, O Lord Almighty, of their walk with you, O God. Jesus, the light of the world, we ask that you embrace them, O God. Illuminate their paths, O God. Give them life, O God. Be that light that will shield them, O God from every form of darkness, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And so, Father, we bless you and we